1: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey,
2: this is Matt Lesher.
0: This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Matt Taylor, a.k.a. the opinions Stop You are listening to Geek Vibes Live!
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, Jawan, and today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. With summer right around the corner, the time is now to look and feel fresh, especially below the waist. Think about all of the upcoming pool parties, beach days, road trips backyard barbecues, and to ensure that you are ready to capitalize when the right situation presents itself, visit manscaped.com. Manscaped.com takes the risk out of manscaping with a precision engineered tools, which are optimized for male grooming and hygiene. At seen on Shark Tank, visit manscaped.com to find out why they are number one in men's below the waist grooming. You'll want to keep an eye out for the perfect package 2.0 kit that includes the lawnmower, 2.0 an electric trimmer worthy of getting up close and personal below the waistline which features skin safe technology to ensure a nick free manscaping experience get 20 percent off free shipping and a free travel bag with the promo code geek vibes 20 at manscaped.com again the promo code is geek vibes 20 at manscaped.com it is definitely worth it everyone if you have not yet purchased something for manscaped make sure you do i got it um, I also got it as a gift for Father's Day tomorrow, um, so it's definitely worth it. And you're saving the 20% off, so make sure you guys go Manscaped.com, Geek Vibes 20, and get your 20% off. All right, um, let's get into it. Nick, what's going on, Nick?
1: What up, man? Just excited to talk some geek culture stuff with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the NBA Finals are finally over, so we're looking forward to the draft. So we'll be talking about that uh, later this week. So super pumped for that too.
2: Absolutely, and huge congratulations to the North um, Canada, everyone in Canada. Um, I've seen more people in the United States that are now Canadians than ever before. Um, so congratulations! <laughs> They're all coming out you. of the woodworks, man. They're coming awesome. out of the woodworks, man. They they <laughs> definitely are. It, Honestly, I can't even really. Um, I'm not even shocked because I remember when the Spurs ended the Heat's dynasty. A lot of lot of Spurs fans that I had never heard heard from before. Um, that just yeah. suddenly were Spurs fans. So it seems to be a right. dynasty thing. People like dynasty ending, um, which yes. is cool. Which is absolutely cool. Yeah, I think I mean, we I can we're all appreciate going that that. Too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but nonetheless, you're you're. Bandwagon fans. And it's cool. Just admit that <laughs> yeah. you are. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Just be real. Like, be real, real about it. Like <laughs> That's all we can ask for. That is all we can ask for. Um, but, yes, please stay tuned for, um, wow, Full Court Press. I don't know why the name just gave me. Full Court Press. <laughs> We're going to be breaking down all that. And I will, live on air, be congratulating the man whose name I will not say at this moment. I will save it. <laughs> For the show, so I only have to say it once. Um, But I will be indeed congratulating that person being animal. Anyway, all right, let's get into (laughs) our our trailer talk. We got a trailer. Um, I feel like it was another trailer that I missed, um, and I couldn't remember it to save my life, but I guess it just wasn't that important. Um, But I did want to talk. We got a trailer for Dr. Sleep, which seemingly is a sequel to The Shining. Um, or rather a continuation, but I guess that's what a sequel is. Um, yeah. It looks interesting, uh, but I'm going to pass it directly to you because you are our resident Shining expert. Um, I am. I, I was completely lost when I originally saw the trailer. So, Nick, what were your initial thoughts of Doctor Sleep?
1: It looks really fucking interesting. Um, I mean, A, The Shining is my all-time favorite horror movie. So, I'm immediately like instant like trepidation as far as are they going to be able to deliver a movie that is um, worthy of being mentioned in the same breath as The Shining. Um, so that's just that's just where I'm coming from here um, as far as my uh, I would say almost reluctance to buy in completely to this movie. It's like Joan, you know, you know, you do this sometimes where it's like you don't you don't want to get too hyped for something because if you do, you're going to be let down by it. So you're just like you just you're not buying in yet. You're like I'm just going to wait it out. I'm going to see what happens and then, you know, um, if it's really good, like I'll be surprised and and um so I'm I'm kind of in that mold right now. Um, Now, the trailer, I thought it looked interesting. Um, It – obviously, um, uh, Ewan McGregor plays uh, the character of Danny, um, who was the child in The Shining. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate that um, element. You obviously saw the flashback sequences within the trailer of him riding the infamous tricycle um, around the Overlook Hotel uh, and so you know i I would expect there to be um a lot of like referencing back to the original movie um, and uh obviously the the possibility of what they call shining um which is what the um the i forget the guy's name in the movie, but the um. The older older dude who trains Danny uh, in that movie, old uh, bald black guy, um, mm-hmm. he uh, is basically who you know taught Danny what his gift was. Um, so you know, it looks like it's going to be almost like a, a a role reversal where he finds uh, somebody and teaches them. Uh, you know, he even says in it like I've you know I always c- called it shining. And I've only met a handful of people um, who, you know, have this ability. Um, so that's a good way to tackle it. Um, that makes sense that it would be him finding somebody else who can do – who has this gift years later and that kind of bringing back these memories um, that, you know, are probably locked locked away for the most part. Um, and that, you know, the, the scene where he – you know, wakes up and sees red rum on the mirror, like that was pretty fucking intense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it for sure. I just, I have to temper my expectations. Um, I, so I, I'm cautiously optimistic.
2: <laughs> I'll say this <clears throat> as a question. If I'm remembering The Shining correctly, like I, I told you before, it's been forever since I've seen that movie. Would you find it to be too cheesy? Um, or extremely unnecessary if the lady who survived made a cameo
1: um no like i mean so danny's mom um essentially right uh right n- no i mean that, that would be fine um i don't know if they'll do that i don't i'm not i'm not even positive if Shelley Duval is still alive um I'd have to look in That's the actress who plays her. Um, but I mean, if she is, or even if they had somebody else portray the character, no, I mean, I w- I would be fine with that. Um, it yeah, I mean, it just it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of the norm for you know uh, um, like a guy to visit his mother, you know. So um, so yeah, I mean, I I would be cool with it. All
2: right, just <clears throat> excuse me. Wow. Um, was just curious. I also would love it. Um, if like one of his nightmares, because it does seem like he sleeps often, uh hence the name. Um, if one of his nightmares was of Jack Nicholson, that'd be pretty dope. Um just kinda the, the feeling of it again. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um but I mean like well, I said they do I'd have the to...
1: Go ahead. They do the shot, the here's Johnny shot. Um where yeah, he's, when like he's looking through the looking door. through the bathroom door. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. I could definitely see see some like I mean we we know we're gonna get that ode. Um but I could definitely see there being like, you know what I think would be cool? Like not even like to almost like to not even see Jack Nicholson, but like to just hear him. Like when he's like chasing him through the through the um to the fern maze, or it's not ferns, but whatever Maze that was, and he's just yelling like Danny, um, like that would be that would be cool just to have him like be hearing that in like a dream right before it shakes him awake or something like that.
2: Yeah, this movie could have a lot of really cool callbacks. Um, I'm usually a bit skeptic of a continuation that's as far away of of a difference in years as uh as this is. Um, Because I kind of just always feel like if The Shining came out as long ago as it did, and we're now in 2019, and you're giving this this to us, it better be really good. Um, Because The Shining, to me, is one of those movies to where it's like, I don't need a continuation of it. Um, But if it's done well, then I'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, But yeah, I mean, you... you, Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, like, uh, that's a good point. Um, And the other
1: thing that I think you have to remember too is um, the the way in which Stanley Kubrick um, brought that movie to the screen um, he kind of famously took, took a, a, a lot of liberties with it um, so much so mm-hmm. that Stephen King was like not the biggest fan of it um, because it, he felt like it strayed maybe a little too much from his source material um, and I mean, I think, I, you know, I've, I've always been just a huge Stanley Kubrick guy, you know, whether it's that, whether it's A Clockwork Orange, like um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, like he's just fucking brilliant. Um, so, I mean, it didn't – obviously didn't bother me, and I think it's a fucking masterpiece. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, like, um, you know, like so often now, like when it came out, like they made a big deal about, well, Stephen King saw it, and he loved it. Um, so, you know, will this be will – this, will this be closer to something that Stanley Kubrick would have liked, or will it be closer to something that Stephen King will like? I would bet that it's something closer to something that Stephen King will like, um, and mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about the director. Um, I forget his name, but he's, uh, he's done a ton of um, horror movies. That's his wheelhouse. Um, I know he did um, Ouija Origin of Evil, which I have heard from many different people. That is a very good horror movie, by far the best of the Ouija franchise, you know series. Um, and uh, I can't think of the other couple that were big that he did off the top of my head. Um, but he's this is Mike Flanagan. Mouth. Mike Flanagan, thank you. Um, and and so he's you know he's this is he's in his element here. Um but you know, I would have i just for me personally um like I will be utterly disappointed if if I sit down and watch this movie and it feels like the typical horror movie where it's just hitting the beats that you expect, even if it's a great movie that that's the kind of thing that sets the shining apart from it. I would be so much like more intrigued if um Robert. Eggers, I believe is his name, the guy who did The Witch, was doing this Mm -hmm. movie um, because the the atmospheric quality of his first movie, The Witch, seems like it would be much more adaptable and translatable to a Shining sequel um, than your typical um, horror fodder – well, I shouldn't say fodder, but your typical horror fare, um, even if that – you know, horror fair is, you know, uh, of good quality. So that, you know, that's another thing that I'm, I'm just, again, like, slightly worried about. Like, I I have no doubt that it's going to be of good quality, I guess. Um, but if it's just your typical horror movie that doesn't have, like, this this sort of um, more atmospheric, Style that The Shining was so famous for, um, no jump scares. I don't want a single fucking jump scare in this whole movie. Like maybe one, but like don't don't layer it with it. Um, so I mean, there's a there's a lot of things. There's a lot of boxes that it would have to check um, for me personally. So I, I don't know. I got a feeling it's going to be a good movie, um, and that the the less the the put it this way the more standard moviegoers who don't like it, that means I'm going to like it even more.
2: <laughs> I will say one thing I'll read you. <clears throat> I'm, I'm here on Entertainment Weekly's um, website. They got an article. Um, according to the, the director, uh, he had to convince Stephen King that the film should be in the same universe as Kubrick's The Shining. Um, so I think that's very interesting. Um mainly because, and I think I do have a quote from here, uh quote from him here, sorry. Um, <clears throat> when it came to trying to crack the adaptation, uh, I went back to the book first, says Flanagan, who previously directed the well-received King adaptation, Gerald's Game. The big conversation that we had to have was about whether or not we could still do a faithful adaptation of the novel as King had laid it out while Inhabiting the universe that Kubrick had created. And that was the conversation that we had to have with Stephen King to kick the whole thing off. And if that conversation hadn't gone the way it went, we wouldn't have done the film. Stephen King's opinions about Kubrick's adaptation are famous and complicated, uh, and complicated to the point to where if you've read Dr. Sleep, you know that he actively and intentionally ignored everything that Kubrick had changed about his novel uh and kind of defiantly said nope this completely exists outside of the kubrick uh universe um i read you just a little bit more and then i'll 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 get to your thoughts um we really needed to try to bring those worlds back together again we had to go to king and explain how and in particular how to get into the vision of overlook that kubrick had created in our pitches to steven went over surprisingly well. And we came out of the conversation with not only his blessing to do what we ended up doing, but his encouragement.
1: Your thoughts. Nice. Well,
2: that's, that
1: is extremely positive. Um, Cause I mean, obviously that's something that I mentioned, you know, just minutes ago. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, he, I guess that that would be a credit to um, what the, you said, uh, Flynn Flanagan. Um, yeah the director um him him being able to uh convince Stephen King that he could deliver a vision that he thought would be a happy marriage uh, of the two i think that's wildly important um like and obviously you would need you would need Stephen King's permission um like if you were just going to basically be like this is going to be like a lot closer to Stanley Kubrick's version than your version. He's probably just going to be like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're able to like kind of marry those two, uh, you know, kind of starkly different visions in, in a way that it, it is encouraging to King, um, but your your overall goal is to try and keep that same universe and continuity that uh, Kubrick had set up. That's a tough task, but if they pull it off, that 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 will be exactly what I want to see.
2: Absolutely, I just thought you would like that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, that little excerpt. So I was like, let me make sure oh, yeah. I um, I read it before we uh we move on. But like I said, I mean, and you nailed it at the beginning of um, of your breakdown of, of the trailer. I am very cautious um, about a lot. <laughs> I am willing to wait to see a trailer before I just go. I, I I'm not interested. Um, I, I was telling um, I was telling the gang last night on Geeks Against the Grain when everyone was saying uh, they had any interest or any hype or excitement for Birds of Prey. Um, and for some of them, they were like, no. And I was like, I think that's a little unfair to the movie, um, only because you just haven't seen anything of the movie. Like, if you saw the trailer right. and still didn't have any excitement for it, that's completely fine. Um, but what I don't want people to do is to judge it from uh, you seeing behind the scenes photos, or you seeing um, you know them filming stuff like that. Uh, wait till you see the trailer, and if you still don't have yeah. any interest in it, by all means, you know, more than welcome to. But I just yeah, I it's hate like hate when, when everybody go, freaked out
1: about Titans. Those little behind the scenes right. shots, and everyone saw them and were like, "This is fucking terrible."
2: The cartoons are better.
1: And then it was like when that trailer jo- dropped, we were all like, "Holy shit, dude! This looks fucking awesome." So
2: Right. And the, the biggest issue I find my I, I used to find myself in is I would say I hate it, don't want to see it. I'd end up seeing it and then loving it. And then I'm like, I spent all year just like, forcing hate upon this thing <laughs> that I now love. Right. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just wait. I'm going to wait, see the trailer. If the trailer does nothing for me, then I, I'll probably see it when someone tells me it was good. Um, But I'm no longer like months out or a year out. Gonna say just from behind the scenes photos or whatever. Nah, no interest. So yeah, all, the, the only one I, one I to did
1: play. that with was Dark Phoenix, and it looks like I was right about that.
2: So <laughs> well, to be fair, anything Fox did, uh, usually X Men wise, you can kind of go fifty fifty with it. So um yeah you would like have been good you can flip a coin <laughs> <laughs> yeah good call. Uh, all right let's head into our main topics I did want to say before we started our, our main topics I have seen the first six episodes of Jessica Jones it's not that bad it's definitely not that bad um it has a lot of nods that make me just really frustrated because I'm like don't make nods now that the universe is done. Like don't it just it infuriates me to hear it. Um uh, yeah. but from what I've seen so far, it's um it's pretty good. I, I don't have any complaints right. yet. Um but again there's thirteen episodes. I'm only six in. So let's see how it yeah. finishes. But so that's far, usually that's usually the safe zone.
1: Like the first seven yes. <laughs>
2: episodes. So. Right. Right. Um we used to get uh screeners for some of the old um Netflix, Marvel shows, and it would only give us the first six episodes. So, if, you know, and usually, it it never failed. The first six, that last uh, episode, would end in, like, a cliffhanger. And we used to hate it, because it was like, damn, we have to wait now, like, another month or two for the actual show to come out, to see the the latter half of it. Um, But if the first six do do justice, it usually bodes well for the full season, so... I, it's sure. looking like I'm going to enjoy all 13. But I just wanted to get that out there. We'll do our review next week of it. Um, I know a lot of people, because it's Father's Day weekend, aren't putting the time <laughs> to watch Jessica Jones. Um, right. So we'll have a full review done by um by next week, sometime next week. But just wanted to give my initial thought to anyone that might have seen Jessica Jones, listening to the pod. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um. But all right, let's move on. Let's talk some Batman rumors. Uh, we got, <clears throat> I got the actual article here, so I didn't misquote or anything. Let me pull it up. All right. So apparently the roster of villains that are being reported to appear in Matt Reeves' The Batman film are Two-Face, Penguin, Catwoman, Riddler, Firefly, and The, mat, and the Mad Hatter. According to Geeks Worldwide, they've obtained a casting breakdown. Oh, nope. That's a totally different topic. Sorry. Um, all right, so. <laughs> Those are the list of villains um, for the Batman. I'll say this, Nate, and then I'll pass it to you for your thoughts on the villains that they've seemingly uh, reported on so far. I said this last night. um, I am a person who is okay if we have a Spider-Man universe and never have a Norman. I am also okay if we have a Batman universe and never have a Joker. Um, I think what's important, and again, I'm not blowing things out of proportion. I got to actually see Matt Reeves confirm any of this and then see how it all plays out. But whenever you add villains in, like multiple villains um, that we've never seen before, I think it's sometimes unfair because you're not giving that villain, um, and I won't say time to shine because again, I don't even know what the guy's planning for the movie, but they're just great. Like, Firefly is a guy that you use the same way Marvel used uh, Vulture for Spider-Man. Like, that could be a main villain. That character is yeah. um, in- intriguing enough to be a main villain. Mad Hatter, same thing. Um, Very much. Riddler. Because, again, I don't count Jim. I said this last night. I don't count Jim Carrey's Riddler, Riddler. Um, because him and Tommy Lee Jones, I-, I don't think they've, I don't think when the movie was written, anyone went and read a comic. For their actual characters, they were portraying. Um, so I don't count that. I don't. I don't count it. Yeah. Um, so the idea of seeing Two Face for the second time and seeing Riddler for the Third. second time. I, again, I don't count the the actual performances of that Batman Returns. No, was it Batman Returns?
1: It was Batman Forever. But. Um, Batman Forever. But then that would be then you'd be seeing the Riddler for the first time.
2: Fair enough. Sorry. Yes, for the first time. Sorry. Um but yeah, so, so my biggest point is I would like I get the idea they're saying that this is supposed to be a murder mystery, so it's a who done it of his villains. Anyone could have could have been the culprit. I just think it's it's just tricky. Um, because I kind of feel the same way about what he's doing with this that we came to the conclusion of with the elementals in Far From Home. So you guys were telling me Hydro Man Juwan, like that was never a character anyone was really gonna take. Um, serious enough to make a main villain like he's going to be in this and then we'll probably never see the character ever again Um I kind of feel like Mad Hatter I kind of feel like Firefly are going to fall into that category and probably. what I don't want to see in the Batman trilogy is villains I've seen before I don't want you giving me main villains I've seen before I, and I don't necessarily care about the idea of well it's a new director you're getting a new take I get it but Give me a new take on someone I haven't seen before. Um, but I'll pass it to you, Nick, because I could go on forever about this. Your thoughts <laughs> on the rumored villains. Um, I could name them again if you want. Um, and then just, no, I, I do want to know your thoughts on, um, you know, them using villains that could be solo villains, um, or main villains rather, and using them as just like pretty much chess pieces.
1: Uh, Well, so to lay some context here, you said it, you know, it's like a who done it murder mystery type of thing. I haven't heard that exactly, but I mean, obviously I heard the original quote where he was interested in doing a sort of Batman film noir detective style movie. Um and so like with having this this cast of characters, um <clears throat> to me, uh it kind of makes sense if you're doing that style of movie. Um, merging those two styles and I'm fine with it like I I think it's I I think you want to have you don't want to have like a, if you're doing a story like this you don't want to have a cachet of unrecognizables you want to have some, some recognizable villains in there some kind of classic Batman villains and then you throw in Firefly and the Mad Hatter and you know maybe those characters will have a big bigger role in this um, movie than um if those are indeed the characters that are going to be used, but maybe th- those characters will have a bigger role in this movie um than the uh the characters that we're more familiar with, but we'll see them kind of pop up um you know later on in a sequel or something like that um so i i'm fine with it uh i don't like. I don't really I I do prefer to get things that we haven't yet seen but kind of like you said particularly particularly with even Two-Face like in in Nolan's Batman it's you get so little of it um and it's 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 a totally different version of Two-Face. So you know I I think there's that um they never they you know never did Two-Face justice in Batman forever. I think they did more justice for the Riddler, but definitely none for Two Face. I mean, he just—he Tommy Lee Jones played that character. I'm sure the way that the studio wanted him to, but it was not—it was definitely not in the vein of of who Two Face is. Um, with the Riddler, we—it's been so long since we've seen him. Um And like with with like any of these villains, um, you know, when you separate how different the Dark Knight trilogy is. It's been so long since we've seen like actual comic adaptations because that was such a grounded and, and supposed, supposed to be like a real life, um, adaptation. Um, so I think that, that leaves it open for a new director to come in and kind of have his pick of the litter. I think it's smart if they don't do Joker, though, I will say this, um, the, uh, um, rumor that's been going around about um them eyeing Macaulay Culkin for the Joker, I think that would be fucking awesome. Like I just think I think he would completely throw himself into that role and I think it would be fucking amazing. Um <clears throat> but um I digress. Uh I think kind of this this cachet of villains that they've got set up since it's been so long since we've seen um you know a couple of these in Riddler and Penguin, and even the versions of Catwoman and Two Face that we got in Nolan's Batman are probably going to be so different. Um, and then you're getting two you know characters that we haven't seen. Um, so I think if, I think if these are the characters, they're striking a good balance. Um, and you know I think to do a Batman trilogy and never have the Joker in it would just be crazy to me. Um, but if they did it, I wouldn't hate it. Like, I think you would have to establish that there that a Joker exists, Um but if they never do the, you know, the storyline, uh, you know, involving, um, you know, Batman, you know, squaring off with the Joker, um, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be the end of the world. I'll be surprised if they don't tackle that eventually, though.
2: See, <clears throat> where I'm at with the Joker is, if this movie, this first movie, does not have Joker, any mention of Joker. Um I kind of want the second to be Hush, which in Hush you, there is Joker in it. Um so you can introduce him in in that. Um and then I I want desperately, desperately cuz I especially think Robert Pattinson can can do this so well. I want Court of the Owls. I want Court of the Owls. I desperately want it's it. Great list. Um yeah. Say it again?
1: I said it's a great list. Like that if oh, they, yeah. that's the direction that they ended up going. That would be fucking terrific.
2: So, to me, if you want to introduce Joker, introduce him. I just don't need him to be a main villain. So, if you're saying, like, yeah. um, the movie starts with Batman taking down Joker, um, I'd be fine with it. I, I compl- I, I'm yeah. fine with the idea of that. Um, I just love the way Feige and Sony have approached um, Holland Spider Man to where not only did they change Peter drastically in the sense of his childhood friend isn't Harry, it's now Ned. Ned again right. is a Miles Morales character, but right. there's also at this wow. 12. juncture, wait. Ned's, Ned's not a Miles Morales
1: character, but it but Ned seems to be based off of Gronk, which is a is it Gronk? Oh right Gronk. right right yes
2: yes yes that, the, that the,
1: character that the is the idea a Miles of character. Ned
2: is from from a Miles Morales character right you're right I'm sorry right. word yes, is that wrong yes. you're right, um but yeah also to this point there's no Norman Osborn. And I love it because we're exploring so much more of Peter's world. Um, besides, because remember, Osborne, the name Osborne is so important to the Spider Man story. But I think right. if you continue it, I think people then get clouded of there's a world outside of the Osborns. Just like I think if you right. give a Joker again, people get blinded to the idea of there's a world outside the Joker. Um, So that's why my my mindset going into this was I would have loved it if Matt Reeves had decided to dig deeper into Batman's Road Gallery um, for his first movie. Like, Penguin, I get. I get. I think I'm more biased on not using Penguin only because I actually watched Gotham and, like, I just saw Penguin. Like, I I don't, I'm not in a rush to see Penguin again. Um, Excuse me. So it, it just all boils down to, again, I am by no means saying I'm not looking forward to this movie or him using characters we've seen before is a bad idea. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you're using these characters and and you're sticking at six, maybe even a few more, it sets the bar very high for that first movie. Then what do you do for a second movie? That's why I'm saying you got to go hush or you got to go quarter the outs. You got to go with something um, that we hadn't seen before since you're giving us such a high bar here. Um, especially if it's loosely uh, an adaptation of the first arc game to where it was like Joker got loose, um, started setting inmates loose. Like, uh, you know, uh, the, I think the warden had died. So if you're kind of going for an idea of that um, to where, uh, you know, someone someone's dead and you don't know who did it, um, that's fine. It's completely fine. No complaint. Um, I will say I, I find it funny. Um, <laughs> Two years ago, we were looking at Ben and Jared Leto, and now, years later, we could be looking at Robert Pattinson and Macaulay Culkin. Um, I love it. It's just it, it's what a world we live in. Even though I will say, if it does pan out that way, um, and there's not been that big of a chatter about it, um, Joker is something that's not even really been mentioned. Um, right. I'd prefer you to go if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Um, yeah from it, I'd prefer yeah, the guy who that. Played it. Yeah, I just prefer it. Yeah. I just prefer it. Um, But if you want to go out of the, you know, I don't want to say left field, but if you want to go completely different, oh, um, that's left to, field, me,
0: dude.
2: to me, Robert Pattinson is someone five years ago, I wouldn't have been like, yeah, that's Batman. Um, But it's going right. on. So, Macaulay could do the same thing. Wouldn't be my first choice, but it could definitely grow on.
1: Um, hey, I yeah. I'm 100% here for it. Shout out to Mac.
2: <laughs> Shout out. Definitely. Um, all right. So let's move on. We, I, I want to talk Norman Osborne since we were just talking about Norman Osborne. Um, and we got some rumors of Norman Osborne possibly being cast. Um, let me read from the quote that we have. Um They've obtained, uh, according to Geeks Worldwide, they've obtained a casting breakdown that sounds a lot like Norman Osborn. Um, they have obtained a character breakdown for someone under the code name The Benefactor. All that is known about the character is that he is mysterious and nefarious Benefactor. The studio is searching for a male actor, prefer- preferably Caucasian, in their 40s to 60s. The actor will shoot their scene sometime this year in Atlanta, the interesting thing about about this is that in Ant Man and the Wasp, Sonny Birch had a wealthy benefactor who he was working for in funding his quest for advanced technology. Many people have speculated that he could have been working for Norman Osborn, and now there's a Marvel character being cast under the code name of the benefactor. It just mm. fits. Um, I like that. That that I I'd, yeah. I'd freaking be in love with it. Um, I I think one thing that uh, that isn't said enough that Feige um we look at him and we go he's just a visionary like he just maps things out um but Kevin Feige also does have things that just falls in his lap in the sense of it just happens to fit like you look at the puzzle that he has up and it's like that piece doesn't fit and he's like no watch and it's like holy shit that fit and it's like yeah told you (laughs) so it's like I feel like if this does turn out to be the benefactor that we did here in Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp, does turn out to be Norman Osborn, it'll be just as convenient as when Holland was, was joking around saying, yeah, the kid Iron Man 2, that was me. And it was just like, right. no, it wasn't. It, it just it wasn't, Tom, but bless you. Um, <laughs> but I do like the idea of this. I will say, I was kind of hoping they would leave the race of Norman Osborn open. Um, but you going uh, Caucasian 40s to 60s, a lot of people are throwing out names like uh, Matthew McConaughey. Um, uh, God, what's his name from um, Breaking Bad? Um oh, am drawing a huge blank here. Brian uh, Cranston. Brian um, Cranston. Throwing out names like that. Matt Damon is the name that I threw out there. I think Matt Damon can definitely sink his teeth into it. Um but yeah, I mean, you introducing Norman Osborne, I think it's huge. I think what is more intriguing is that from the article, um it wasn't spec it wasn't specified on if this is in far from home, if this is in another movie. Um it was just said that he would be filming this year um for a a, a role, I I guess a movie or whatever. Uh, to be decided at some point. Um, so I'm really curious. So if, if he's shooting it this this year, it obviously is not for Far From Home unless it's a complete uh, it's completely to throw us off guard. Um, we speculated this Nick uh, years ago when Homecoming came out. Norman Osborn could have been one of the people that purchased uh, the Avengers Tower um, that sure. we see Spider-Man swinging by in Far From Home trailers. Um, so, I mean, there's always been speculation that Norman could come through in that aspect, but I'm really curious, your thoughts on the article, and when would you like, or when do you think we will see Norman Osborn?
1: Um, It's very intriguing because it does, the description obviously fits Norman Osborn. Um and it, it's, it's without any further context it's hard to extrapolate who it could be outside of Norman Osborne i think because we've all just been sitting around waiting for norman um so with that in mind i definitely think that it's a a, a very good possibility that that is uh is who they're they're searching for at this at this time um and it would make sense like that would be that would probably be the next step it's like what you said Juwan – um they were smart to open up this world without Norman Osborn um because of the other things you were able to explore and 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 give this um Spider-Man new Spider-Man franchise like its own sort of feel um so i think that was smart um but eventually you know you, you definitely want to bring in Norman Osborn not only his connection to um Peter and uh the Spider Man franchise but also the Dark Avengers, um and and those would be, you know, storylines that they could um that they could churn out with the use of that character. So a lot of intrigue there. Um as far as like when I think we might see this character, if it is Norman Osborn, um I mean I I could maybe see it in the sense of they are going to maybe have it, have it be a post-credit scene um if you know depending on um you know how everything shakes out um but you know i mean we know they did that last minute reshoot for um the shawarma scene um like what like days or weeks before the movie actually came out Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they have that ability. They can do that, especially for a post credit scene that you're just going to throw on the end. Um, So, I mean, it's a possibility that it could even be that. Um, So my big question would be um, if they're looking for this character, when are we going to get the announcement that they have extended their agreement with Sony? Um, Because I would expect that that would have had to have been something that was ironed out before they would introduce Norman Osborn into this world. So and maybe that was the hangup. Maybe the hangup was like Amy Pascal and Sony being like, "No, like we're not gonna, we're gonna see how this goes, whatever." Um, And maybe they reached an agreement, Um, and so that's why we're hearing about this now. If this is indeed um, for Norman Osborn, Um, because after that it gets incredibly tricky. It gets incredibly tricky to see where he fits in. He doesn't exactly fit in in a Black Widow prequel. He doesn't uh, fit in in um, a Shang Chi movie. He doesn't fit in in you know an Eternals movie. Um, so there's not there's not anywhere in the near future that it would necessarily make sense to have him, um, it, you know, in in any form or fashion. So that's where I'm curious is – and I think the the only place that would act, actually make sense is a, is a post-credit scene for Far From Home, um, just because I don't see any other movie coming, coming down that could do it. Possibly Ant-Man 3, but have they even – they haven't even announced a date for that yet, if I'm not mistaken. No, they haven't um, even
2: announced that it's getting a third movie.
1: Right, and we all assume it will, um, but right. we don't know that. So, like, it it uh, if they're actively looking to shoot this, you know, you know, this summer or or this year, um, then you know, I I feel like if it's Norman Osborn, it has to be for a, a post credit scene um, for Far From Home, which would be great. Like that would get people super excited to like see a shot of Stark Tower being changed over, and then you just see Norman Osborn walking through. Um, and, you know, a couple little lines here or there, um, but like that would make a ton of sense. Um, but if it's not that, if we go and we see Far From Home and we don't see a post credit scene of Norman Osborne, then I feel pretty confident that this casting call is not for Norman Osborne.
2: Or I would say, because um, I'm trying to look over the exact uh, article again. <clears throat> excuse me, they, they allude to the fact that uh, the, the name Benefactor had been used in Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I would say yeah. if he's not, if Norman Osborn isn't in Far From Home, um, which is a very high possibility he is, I would be more confused on why it was something they decided on now um, and something that just wasn't part of the plans to begin with. Um, like you could at least shoot it, and if Sony says like we don't want to re up on the deal, you just cut it. Um, right. But that would be that would be the biggest question I had. But remember, we're supposed to be getting two, one or two Sony movies next year. Maybe one. Um, Morbius is filming, and we're right. supposed to be getting Venom versus Carnage. Both storylines that yeah, have to do with Spider-Man, Man and both that could introduce Black Norman Cat, Silver Sable
1: stuff is still yeah. in the works. So
2: Yeah, so I mean, have storylines, because again, think of it like this, if Sony does say, you know what, we don't want to re-up, none of us think they're, they're going to say that, but if they did decide that they did not want to re-up, um, introducing Norman Osborn in a Venom and Carnage movie would make sense, because you then would be telling us Spider-Man's not far behind. Um, so I mean, I can completely see Norman being interested in the idea of having these symbiotes. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's confusing, um, in the sense of where it could be placed because Marvel doesn't fully own Spider-Man. So it's like, all right, Right. cool. If Norman is in it and you're shooting now, that means you re-upped with Sony. Like, that's confirming. Right. Um, but again, this is grains of salt, grains of salt, um, you know, but it, it is very interesting. It is extremely interesting, um because it'll kind of open up a lot for us going forward. But like we've said before, um, Nick, if you're Sony, the fact that Marvel just got, or Disney rather, just got all their their characters back from Fox, you have a lot of characters there that you could definitely utilize. So just sign the deal and tell them you want want to strike a partnership. Like, I'm telling you right now, Morbius 2, you tell fans, like, forget casual movie goes. You tell fans that Morbius 2 is having uh, a cameo or maybe it's a full-on versus Blade, people will yeah. lose their minds. They will lose Not to mention, their like, minds. I
1: just need to see Spider-Man introduce Wolverine as a sidekick like, in live action. Like I'd need it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I mean, look, I, Tom Holland is the perfect age um, for us to see him leading on the new charge. Now, whether that's Um, him leading on what will soon be the new Avengers or him leading on what will at some point be the young Avengers. Whatever they decide, Tom Holland is at the perfect age. Um, And it's Spider-Man. Like, to me, you know, they started him at at a great age because it's like we're seeing him and the character grow together rather than it's like, all right, he's in his 30s or, like, late 20s. How much longer are we going to want to see him as Spider-Man? You can now do it for however long uh, you want forever. to do it, and however long he agrees to do
0: it.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. So this is all interesting, but again, I can't stress enough, Sony. I don't think you get how much money a Blade Morbius movie would make you. It, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, so, and that's the bottom line. Like, you're not. This deal is so advantageous to both sides, um, mm-hmm. and the fact that like the fact that part like part of the deal wasn't that hey, you can't make Venom. Like you can't make a side movie. Like they were like, Yeah, go ahead, make a side movie. We're not gonna tie it in with our stuff, but you can make it. Like it's fine. Um right. so it's not like they're hampering their creative control on the other side. Venom was had very mixed reviews, but it, it did great at the box office. So like I don't know, I just don't see um I don't see any version at this juncture, at this point in time, I don't see any any way if they decide to not continue to, the deal that makes them more money. And it's like right. so you're you're try, like just trust in Feige. Let him do his thing with Spider Man. Do your side characters, and we'll see where where it all shakes out down the line. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because I mean, we know with Sony, it only takes one bad movie. Only one. It only takes one. Um, yeah. So you make one bad, like you take Spider-Man back and that first movie with Spider-Man, if that's bad, it only takes that one. Um, for yeah. people to start to get a little hesitant on wanting to spend money to see more Spider-Man. Um, right. That's why and, I kind and of you know what? like...
1: And furthermore,
2: mm-hmm. I don't
1: think Feige would have done Spider-Man if he didn't feel like they could keep him long-term. I feel like he's confident that they can um, because of the success that the mcu has um and so i think he very much looked at the situation like yeah like we'll you know essentially we'll be able to utilize this character like bring him into this world we created and that is going to make them a shit ton of money and it's going to make us more money and it's going to give us more stuff to play with more toys in the toy chest um and so everybody wins and as long as Sony doesn't get stupid and start thinking, like, start getting too greedy, um, then they should be, you know, they should be okay.
2: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Because like you said, there's, there's no world where taking Spider-Man back, you garnish more money than you just keeping mm. him with, with Feige and sharing it. Um, and like right. I said, you then would be able to negotiate having access to Feige's toy box and all those new right. characters he just got. So why right. why would you why would you mess that up? But again, we're we're talking about Sony, so messing it up is very possible. But um, all right, let's, it is what uh, they do. <laughs> it is what they do. It's a calling card. Let's move on to the topic. <laughs> I think you are you would be uh, very interested in. Quentin Tarantino is working with Jared Gerard Carmichael uh, to adapt a Django-Zorro crossover for the big screen. This is from Collider. This sounds awesome. Um, I don't, yeah. I, I've i tried to picture it in my mind, like, the times Django was supposed to be set in. And, like, the idea that Zorro would run into to Django is just weird, but whatever. Um, I'm trying not to overthink it, Um, but Nick, I will ask you, this will be one of the most talkiest uh, movies of Tarantino's history, but uh, your thoughts on the idea of a crossover between Django and Zorro?
1: Super fucking cool, man. Like, I will be so fucking pumped for this movie. Um, Tarantino has an interesting track record of producing various movies or executive producing various things where um, like he has a, a pretty high level of involvement because of his, his um, fandom. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Tsuyuki Western Django, which is not Django Unchained or anything related. Um, but that uh, it's basically a, um, a highly stylized Japanese Western Um basically kind of based off of um, Yojimba. Uh, Yojimbo, I think, actually. Um, and uh, maybe you, you might know a better version of it with Bruce Willis's Last Man Standing um, where mm-hmm. the, you know, the dude rides into town um, and there's these two gangs and they fight each other and this one dude, like, is basically plotting against both of them to, you know, corrupt both sides and in, in, in a basically having them kill each other um and uh like that is what that was based off of and like tarantino had a cameo in it he was an executive producer um and like it was it was really it's a really fun movie i I definitely encourage anyone to watch it if you like that sort of stuff very um wacky highly stylized spaghetti western with very awesome um japanese uh Coloring and the way that Japanese filmmakers utilize color is um, is splendid, and, and a, you don't get that with American movies. Um, probably the closest you would get to it is French uh, filmmakers; they they do that very well too. Um, but uh, so I would see this is somewhat in in league with that, or when he collaborated with um, <clears throat> um, Ryan Rodriguez on From Dust Till Dawn, and he had a, had a role in that, obviously. Um, but he likes to do this. He likes to, um, like, essentially, you know, collaborate on various different things. Um, I think he um, famously did uh, a small amount of collaborative work on um, Sin City as well, um, So, like, even though he is very particular about the movies that he makes and undertakes, he's a little less so about the movies that have his name um, loosely attached. Um, And I think the fact that he is on board with this, I think is super cool. I would – honestly, I would prefer to have a new Zorro movie um, and then to do this, like – you know, to, to basically set up that character and then have the, the characters overlap. Um, but regardless of that, um, I think it would be so fucking dope. Like, to have this, like, the, what did you call the fastest gun in the South, which is Django's nickname, um, and uh, to have that kind of overlap with Zorro um, as, you know, this, this masked um, vigilante who's, who's, you know, fighting for the people, um, dude, like sign me the fuck up. I can't wait. I so hope this movie gets made. Um, Cause I mean, I just think it would be, I think it would be fucking awesome. It's not going to have that, um, that Tarantino wit uh, behind it. I would imagine. Um, I would think it would be, um, you know, it, it would be, it wouldn't be a stylized or anything like that. Um but it, it still will probably be very enjoyable. And I would imagine that Tarantino, you know you know, he'll he'll read the scripts and, and you know, basically be like, Yeah, we could throw in this here or there, like and just maybe give him a few notes and that kind of thing. Um and yeah, I mean that would be super fucking interesting. I would be um probably there on opening night. I can't lie. Like I probably would be. Because uh, I've always liked the Zorro movies, too. Um, uh, the Mask of Zorro is probably my favorite um, with uh, Antonio Banderas and um, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, that's a great movie. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would be totally up for it. I think it'll be interesting to see who they cast as Zorro. Um, uh, Dane had the idea for Diego Luna. And I would be totally cool with that. I think that would be an interesting Zorro. Um, but whoever they pick, um, that would obviously be, be very important. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, especially like, if you can get Jamie Fox to come back, which I think he would. I, I think he probably thoroughly enjoyed playing that character. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't because he's such a badass. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like sign me the fuck up, man.
2: Yeah, I was just reading this, <clears throat> this article about uh, Tarantino saying that um, during Inglourious Bastards, um, uh, that remember that scene where Christoph Waltz is like choking out Diane Kruger? Um, yeah. Tarantino was saying how like he wanted it to feel real. Like he didn't want it to be like one of those choke out scenes that you're kind of like, like this is so fake. Like he wanted it to feel authentic. <laughs> yeah. he got Diane to buy into the idea of like, he was like, all right, listen, I'm going to choke you. Like, I, I'm going to personally choke you. I'm going to get you close to passing out, um, but I want us to make this authentic. And she said, yeah, and they said they 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 nailed it in one take. Um, nice. So I'm just like, Quentin Tarantino is such a badass. <laughs> he's such a badass. Dude, he's wild, man. And
1: um, it, it, it shit got him into trouble, too, with Uma Thurman for Kill Bill 2 when she crashed that fucking car. But... Um,
2: yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, he, he wants <laughs> he
1: wants his stuff to be authentic. Like that is definitely something like that he is super fucking keen on. That is for sure.
2: Yeah. So when I said the idea of like when would these two come together, that's why I, that's why I wanted to point out. Like I don't even want to overthink it. it it's Tarantino. Like I'm sold. Like that. That's 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 well, what it's, I mean to hear. it's the
1: it's the old west. I think. Um, I, I mean, I think you can set Zorro. In almost any timeline, it, like I don't know exactly when Zoro is supposed to take place, but
2: no, like, I just 1880s. mean historically. Historically, where they take place has always been. Different. Oh, you mean like? Uh, yeah. So, do you mean
1: like? <clears throat> you mean like time time frame, or do you mean like location, or both?
2: Location could always be could always be fixed, even though we know what Zoro meant to his location. I just kinda of meant uh, Yeah, I think you would the, put
1: Django there. I think you would right. Django would travel to to Mexico.
2: Right, right. That's what I, I was more hoping they would stay true to. Because if you bring Zorro yeah. here, it's kinda of like it I don't doesn't know make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, no, not
1: at all. It seems like you would have to do more legwork to get um to to get Zorro to like the, wet, the Wild West than you would to get Django to Mexico. So
2: Right. right, Which would be an interesting story uh, in itself, why, why Django is going to Mexico. But if anyone right. can make it interesting, would be Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah, I, I did sure. want to ask you in, in this other topic that I didn't have written down, um, but I just saw Heroic Hollywood posting about it. Um, Jason Momoa uh, said he would want to replace Hugh Jackman as the next Wolverine. Um Don't I initially know. I I initially like reading that. To me, I only thought there was only one role for Jason Momoa in a comic book universe, and I always assumed that would only be Lobo. Um yeah. which is why Aquaman shocked me. I was like, Aquaman? What? <laughs> Jason Momoa? And then obviously he did a really good job in it. So that's why I'm kind of like <clears throat> excuse me. Um him as Wolverine like no but then I'm like that's how Uh-oh. I felt about him as Aquaman and then I was thoroughly yeah. surprised so I'm like yeah he, I mean look the idea of a savage beast <laughs> he seems to play pretty well <laughs> um, yeah. so him taking on Wolverine isn't out isn't an out there idea but I do think there are better actors suited to play Wolverine and as Joel would say um, the hype does not like the height he wants his wolverine shorter um yeah but i am intrigued nick uh and like preferably canadian
1: or easily passable as canadian like um because he's fucking canadian uh and you know what like i i honestly i'm kind of of the mindset i don't think they're going to go this way but i'm kind of of the mindset where like you know you can You can get away with having a no name as Wolverine. I mean that—that's what they did for Hugh Jackman. I mean that. So, um, poor and poor uh, Dugray Scott. Um, I hope Mission Impossible Two was worth it, man. (laughs) Um, But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, I know I would not be on board with that. I I could understand why he would want to play the role because I mean it's fucking Wolverine. Um, but I I that that's. I gotta draw the line somewhere, and it's it's well before Jason Momoa as Wolverine. Like he's way too big, um, wait, well, way too tall, um, and like, I, I I just don't get a a Wolverine like I mean yeah I get the like the whole beast uh, mentality thing, but I just don't get a Wolverine um, vibe from him at all. Like, um, I could I'm sure I could think of a ton of other MCU characters that he would be more suited to play. Um, And even like, you know, possibly uh, some of the X-Men or something like that. But for Wolverine, no, like, I mean, honestly, I, again, I would, I would kind of like them just to find uh, somebody who's a little shorter, like basically my height. I mean, you're probably not going to find someone who's five three. That's going to be, that's going to be a tough sell um, especially someone who's five three and like like bulky enough to like kind of have that um, to have the necessary build um, the only person that I can that I've ever even thought of who would like fit the mold would be um Scott Kahn because um, he's 5'4 five, or five, five and he's stocky he's got a good build to him um, but i don't I don't know what they would want necessarily want him to be Wolverine I mean um but yeah I mean I I think as far as as far as I just I can't get on board with it like I I would honestly I'd rather just have like a no-name Canadian actor like that would be fucking awesome some no-name Canadian actor who's like five foot you know five five foot nothing if you will um and just stocky and is you know a, a a good actor just you know not known um but they'll probably they'll probably won't do that. They'll probably bring in somebody that has some sort of name recognition um but I don't think that person is Jason Momoa.
2: I would agree. I would actually <clears throat> further back up your point on getting someone of of a no name. I said last time when we were doing Geeks Against the Green. Not a lot of them seem to be on board with what I was saying, but I was w- when I was saying how DC should completely reboot. Um, what I what I what I was trying to back that up by because they were saying like we used to have Wonder Woman eighty four like Ilgu making the money, Momoa's making the money, and the point I tried to get across to them was the actors are not above the characters. Like think right. about how much people loved Ben as Batman that now are okay with the idea of Robert Pattinson as Batman. So to me, it's you could bring in anyone to replace Wonder uh, uh, Godot or Momoa, in the movie, if it's done right, will still make a lot of money. It just will. Right. It just will. So to me, it's like, if you're telling me you don't want your Wolverine to be someone we've seen before or someone a large portion of the world has seen before— I would have no complaints, none. I mean, because I don't think anyone knew who Hugh Jackman was before uh, he played Wolverine. I don't think anyone knew Only who Chris Russell Hemsworth Crow. was. Yeah, it was Russell Crowe. I don't think anyone yeah, knew Russell, who Chris Hemsworth. That's who they originally wanted before Thor. That's who Brian
1: Singer wanted, um, but he had just done Gladiator and didn't want to, um, like, didn't didn't want to undertake another role like that. He didn't want to be typecast or whatever. Um, but he was like, hey, you should check out this, this other guy, this guy that I know, a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Hugh Jackman, and he was actually their second choice, and then Duke Gray Scott had to pull out because of Mission Impossible 2. And as fate would have it, we had, uh, what, 13 glorious years with Hugh Jackman? Shit, more than that. It was like 17, wasn't it? 16, yeah, something almost like that. Yeah, 16, a long time. 17. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, but, um, but yeah, I will always stand with the idea of… <clears throat> the characters mean more than the actors. They're always yeah. Um And if we've learned anything, Nick, there are lines around the globe of people that would ease, that would love to play a superhero character in today's time.
0: So it won't yeah. be hard
2: to find a replacement. Um, yeah. You see how quickly they were able to replace Ben. Like, I feel like Ben left yesterday and they, and they replaced <laughs> him. Um, so it, it's not difficult. Um, but all right, let's... Um, Excuse me. Let's move on. We got some more news. I want to talk a little bit about E3. Um, okay. E3 had some, some really cool games, gaming announcements, stuff like that to come out, but I want to talk about two things in particular and only. Um, I want to talk about um, the new Star Wars game Fallen Order, which, by the way, I didn't think I could love Cameron Monahan more, but I do. Um, sure. And I want to talk about the new Avengers game. Um, here's the new Avengers game. Here's the thing a lot of people were super complaining about the look of them. I get it, they did look extremely weird. I don't know why whoever designed them made them look so different than how the cartoons have always made them look, how the movies have them look, how the comics now have them look. Um, it seemed like they went completely left. Like at the end, uh, when they came back to introduce Hang Pim. I'm like, oh, I would I thought that was Hawkeye. Like, that didn't look like Hank Pym. Um, <laughs> Bruce Banner doesn't look like Bruce Banner. So I'm like, right. I don't get the designs of him. But the idea of the game looks awesome. It, it looks really good. I, I thought it was very ballsy of them to not only kill Cap, but to show that in the trailer. Um, but a lot of the, the game, uh, or the story, I'll say, Looks like a lot of fun, and Nick, I know you did watch the trailer. I'm curious your thoughts on um, how they look, the idea of the story, Um, and if you were into playing this game, did this trailer sell you on buying?
1: Uh, I don't play video games, so, um, I I mean, I, I just, I don't. Uh, I have a PlayStation 3 that's that's where my 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 gaming life pretty much ended so um but as far as the trailer I thought the trailer was good I mean I thought it definitely um it definitely gave you what you would want if you were looking forward to the game um I do agree like you that the way that the characters look is off putting um they like and it's again it's not so much that they don't look like the um the actors who play them um it's like they were going out of their way to make them not look like the actors who played them um like you instead of just doing like generic captain america look it's it's like they tried to base captain america off like um like a i don't know like a like a fucking white dude who wears like New Balance and 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 he's a police officer and he goes to the gym like 3 times a week and you know like it's just not <laughs> I don't know what they were going for there it's just it was a little it was it was definitely off-putting um like where you said like even if you just kind of use the 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 comics as your basis um I, I, I don't think I don't think you go that far wrong. It's like they were actively trying to make them look different. Um, But ultimately, what any game is going to boil down to, you you know, the internet can throw up as many memes um, as they want, making fun of the way they look. If the gameplay is good and it looks like it's good, um, everyone's going to go out and get this game because you know um, they, everyone loves marvel right now everyone loves the avengers um so it would not surprise me if this is like a huge seller obviously the spider-man game for ps4 was fucking huge um i would expect this to be um you know some somewhere on that level um it's obviously um maybe a more complicated game um to um i guess to to Figure out you know what your various missions and everything is going to be, but the fact that you have so many different characters that you can utilize and, and that will inhabit the, this this video game world, um, it, it, as long as they're really creative with it, it's the, your, your the possibilities are endless on what you can do with this. Um, I, I I don't fault them for not doing um, for like not tying this into the MCU. Like I feel like that would almost be weirder. Um, like, we're, as fans of these characters, um, you and I, like, we, we know how this works, how, the, you know, in different mediums, whether it be the comics, the cartoons, the um, the movies, the TV shows, the, um, uh, the video games, that you're going to get different adaptations. That's just the way it is, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's probably what you should do, um, you know, just so you're not putting yourself – in a whole as far as continuity and everything else like have your own version of that world um so i don't i don't necessarily mind that but yeah that the the visuals of the characters did look a little wonky um to say the least
2: and i do want to say cuz i did hear a few people say like oh well you know this is early on the game doesn't come out till next year they can always fix the ed-. to me that is the worst excuse for when a yeah. movie puts out a trailer and the um and, and the CGI looks bad and then people go, "Well, dude, relax, it's just a trailer, they can fix it for the movie." No, 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 no. The point of a trailer is to get me intrigued in the movie. So that means it should be flawless. I shouldn't look at it and go, "This is really sloppy." Like I'll then feel like the movie could be really sloppy. Um like yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily it won't necessarily put me off me personally but it'll make me a little concerned. So I'm like, if I, fe- sure. if I feel as though the characters look bad, I don't want you then to tell me, relax. By the time the game comes out, they'll look better. No, then my question is, would you make them look bad now? Like, why'd you release that? Like, why would you release that? So I just want people to know, like, money goes into these things. It's called marketing. So it's like, you don't waste money just to tell people, like, relax. We're going to spend more money and make it look better. Like, no, give me <laughs> product you know and again you could have something that you think is the finished product that you then improve on um you know that's why it's important to put trailers out way ahead of time to put out feelers right um but it shouldn't be that bad that i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna play this game and have to look at him like iron man has to wear his mask Um uh, i need banner in hulk form i need ant-man <laughs> to have his helmet like it just it looked that bad so to me yeah that's not an excuse. Don't don't try to sell me on. Well, they'll they'll improve it. We saw how that worked out with Sonic. Like the fact that everyone in that room looked at Sonic and said, "Nah, this is good. Put it out." It, it's a shame. Yeah. It, it just it is. So I feel the same about this. Uh, it looks like a really fun game, um, but it, they just looked really weird. Um, yeah. I, I even will go as far as to say, I mean, it, it's not that important because it looks like he probably dies uh relatively early i I thought caps looked looked too much like Duke from g i Joe I'm like what do you have armor on top of the arm like what what am I looking at he like, looked
1: really, he looked really bulky, like his whole, yeah. his whole torso region looked too big like it was yeah. it was strange, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: and then he looked really like mean. he had a blockhead like he looked he looked like a Lego head, and I was like, no, he did no <laughs> like like, come on, dude! You gotta make Cap prettier than that, dude! Come on, now. You do, <laughs> it's Captain America. You do. America. You
2: definitely do. I think we all can agree, Cap should be prettier. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, come on, make him prettier. Uh, Chris Evans has set the bar high. Like, try to try to get yes. there. Um, but all right, let's move on to falling falling order. Um, I'll say what intrigues me about this uh, the trailer that we saw for this. Um, the first thing I saw, Nick, I wanted to call you immediately, but I'm like, I know Nick doesn't really play video games, so I'm not sure if he even saw it. Um, what was Forrest Whitaker's character in Rogue One? What was his character's name? Saul, uh, Saul Guerrero.
1: Yes, that's right. I okay. was about, I, I was going to have to get into character there for a second. like. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is he says.
2: <laughs> it looks like Saul Guerrera is in this this game. Um, well, he is. I saw him. <laughs> Let me not say like it's speculative. He is in it, uh, which is super freaking cool. Uh, that's awesome. I think the thing that hurt me the most about Fallen Order is that around the time of this is around right after Order 66. Um, so it's like it's beginning to be the rise of Darth Vader. Um, but what intrigued me the most and I have to give Rebels credit for this. Is um, what do you call those things? Uh, the people that they hired to kill the the Jedi. Ah, uh, drawing a blank here. Uh they're like they're like I, fuck, Sith Lords, know. not Sith Lords. But um, ah, uh, can't uh, think of the name of. Them. Uh, I know what you're talking. You know about. who I'm you're talking about, about. Like
1: what? What's her name is?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking. I about. think I know. What Audience you're out there. About. Yeah. You guys piece it together. But as long as Nick knows what I'm talking about, I, that's all I care about. Um, but I always thought they looked cool on the show. So I was like, man, I'd love to see them on the big screen. But in video game form, they look just as cool. Um, so I love the idea of it. And I love the idea of this lone Jedi um, sparking hope, um, and you know, where there seemingly is none right now. Um but Nick right. I'm really curious on your thoughts on the story that we got to see from the trailer um and then the idea of uh, seeing some characters like Saul Guerrero uh pop in. Yeah I mean
1: it's a it's a cool way to like keep these characters incorporated because we obviously first got Saul with the clone wars um and then he popped up um in I think he I think I want to say because he was in Rebels, but I think that that came after his appearance in um, Rogue Indeed. One. Um, yeah, okay. Um, and but like, so we got a continuation of that character. So now we're getting him in another medium. Um, it, it's just a cool way to do stuff. I mean, it's it's a way for um, for fans to uh, to um, you know continuously enjoy a character across different mediums. Um, I will say, like. I do kind of feel a little bit like it's like stop trying to make Sal Guerrera cool Star Wars. It's never gonna happen. Like Mean Girls <laughs> moment, like I I, I just I I I I felt like the portrayal of his character in the only film that he's been in and probably the only film he'll ever be in was just not very good. Um and it wasn't until I watched um him in Clone Wars and then uh, afterwards in um in rebels that i was like all right yeah, so there's there's more to this character they just didn't really flesh it out well um in the movie um but uh but yeah i mean the, the, those little nods are always nice for for huge star wars fans um and then as far as like the storyline i uh i mean i'm always down that's a classic storyline it's a classic star wars storyline just like uh you know one man um you know standing against uh A regime of tyranny um and it's just it's it's something just something is draws the human spirit to that because i mean that is what the human spirit is is you know um somebody standing up for what's right when nobody else will for no other reason than he wants to do what's right in the world um and you know that's just that's Classic good storytelling, um, Well, I mean, as far as a, a classic good setup, if you will. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's great. There's so much that you can always do with that type of storyline. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's good.
2: It's called the – they're called the Inquisitors.
1: That's right. <clears throat> yes, the Inquisitors. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Couldn't remember it which by the way I'm I'm looking cuz I looked through the the cast. I didn't even I didn't even remember Jason Isaac um voiced the inquisitor for that uh that first season. Huh. That's pretty badass. Interesting. Yeah, that that's pretty yeah. badass. Uh they also had David I I know I'm I'm going to mispronounce his last name so I'll just say um he played uh Dr. King in that um in that 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 movie, you know oh, who I'm talking about Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ola Ola Wande or something like that. Yeah. He was Agent Caldwell. Yeah. Word. Yeah, so a lot a lot of people in this, I'm like, Wow, they got really huge names <laughs> to do yeah. Star Wars Rebels. I'm like, holy shit. And then you look and it's like Freddie Prince Jr. and it's like, ah, oh,
1: okay. All right, yeah,
2: all right. <laughs> oh, um, Sam Witwer. <laughs> right. Um, Sam Whitworth's my man. I desperately need a uh, Force what is it? Force Unleashed. Yeah. I need a Star Killer movie or show. Give me give me one of the two. Yeah. But all right, I know. You, you know I desperately want that Nick. <laughs> I think I might be the <laughs> only person, but I, I don't care. Um, all right, let's get into our last topic. Let's talk a little bit. Lobo. Lobo is getting his own spinoff show on Sci-Fi, spinoff from Krypton. Uh, we actually interviewed the gentleman who um who will be pl- uh, who is playing Lobo. Um, so that's huge news. He gave us a shout out on Twitter, so that's that's really dope of him. Uh, check out the interview on gvnation.com. Most important thing I want to talk about though, Nick, and I think you'd be more interested in talking about this other thing, sure, is that we got a report or, uh, yeah, a report that the Michael Bay Lobo movie. Um, I, I think I said this last night I want Lobo to not be attacked, I want it to be exactly what the Joker film is, I want it to be elsewhere, right? Um, yeah, and I think the best reason for that is. The best Michael Bay movie you will get is when you are telling him he does not have to stick to anything. So to me, it's really hard to mess up Lobo. Like even harder than messing up a movie about turtles and a rat or a movie about (laughs) cars. So if you tell him he he doesn't have to work on a plan or a bigger universe, he can just self-contain it. I think we could get a really great Lobo from it. Um, so I'm curious on your thoughts of this movie still being in the works, where you'd like to see it in DC's um, upcoming film plans, like Elseworlds, uh, continuity. And if yeah. you had in the back of your head anyone you'd like to see play Lobo.
1: Man, I have been on board with the Terry Crews idea since um, since uh, Dane came up with that one, that'd be great. Obviously Momoa seemed like the perfect fit before Aquaman. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, again, I don't think it's terribly important who you get to play him, but you do need somebody like who's like big as shit. Um, and you know, has, um, good comedic timing. So I think Terry Cruz would be interesting. I think he could definitely work. Um, but, uh, as far as where I would like to see this movie, um, I feel like I would like to see it. Um, basically, I would like them to be like Michael Bay: you make the movie you want to make, and we'll figure that out later. Um, you don't have to necessarily necessarily announce that it's Elseworlds or that it's connected. You just say, "Hey, we're making this movie. Um, it's not really, it's not going to really tie into all this other stuff, but maybe we'll tie it in later, maybe." Um, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna. Hamper anything that you know th- that they want to do with this movie, um, so that it has to tie in. We could always just make it an Elseworld movie. Um, I feel like that's the direction I would go with it because um, if you could leave the door open for him to show up later on, um, that would make sense to me. Um, but if it's if the story kind of prohibits that, then just let the story be the story and let it be an Elseworld property.
2: I think the one thing that makes me nervous about what you said is like if you say, hey, we're just going to leave it open, and then you, you then decide you want Lobo to be part of your universe, whatever universe you, you go in, I didn't get nervous yeah. because what if they greenlight a sequel? You're now having Michael Bay direct the Lobo movie inside of a universe that now has to pertain to something. It's not just what do you self-contained. Well, if there's I mean, I don't speak- think you necessarily
1: have to make that decision unless you're going to involve Lobo in, like, a story that involves your other characters. You know what I mean?
2: Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying what if Warner Brothers then does decide they want Lobo in their universe? Um, obviously, it'd be something we worry about when we got to it, um, but that's what my biggest fear is. It's, my fear is you then asking Michael Bay to direct the sequel – but it it's now connected to a universe. That's what I'm afraid of. I'd rather mm. it just be self-contained. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um it, it I mean, it, to me it
1: just it it, it it to me as long as they don't try to micromanage the story um so that it fits. But like that's the thing. Like right now what fits the DCEU? What even is the DCEU? Who is the DCEU? <laughs> um, why? <laughs> why the DCEU? is the DCEU? <laughs> <laughs> um, so like yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't think, I, I wouldn't be ultimately that concerned about how it fits. Um, but I don't think you have to go out of your way like you did with Joker to say it's an Elseworlds project if right. you will.
2: Fair enough. One yeah. last thing I wanted to hey, talk to you about. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I got I got something um and and Yeah. take this with a
1: grain of salt cuz I I heard this in passing last night. So I was having this jam session with my um awesome bass player uh Lauren and her wife Hope uh was hanging out with us and she mentioned uh that they have uh announced casting for the live action Hercules movie. Is this
2: true? I did not I've get heard- a chance to confirm this. I've heard literally nothing, but okay. I would say the advantage to that is that you live in Atlanta, and Disney seems to have one of the biggest hard-ons for Atlanta. So it's like yeah, it's very it's possible. True.
1: Well, it's very possible. Let me run this down for that you. It is. Me. Let me run this down for you because this is this mm-hmm. is the, the names that I heard. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Pratt as Hercules. No complaints mm-hmm. here. That's that's pretty None. fucking perfect. Um, Danny DeVito, uh, as the, the, the little dwarf guy or whatever with the. Oh, like he um, was for the animated. Exactly. Um, and, uh, um, shit, what's her name? Um, oh man, I'm blanking on her name. The chick from Pitch Perfect. Um.
2: Anna Kendrick. Uh,
1: thank you. Anna Kendrick Mm -hmm. as the love interest lady. Um, and then. Oh, shit, I'm totally blanking on who plays Hades, but it was great. I can't remember who she said it was, but I was like, damn, if you're going to pick anybody to replace James Woods, like, that is perfect. I'll have to – maybe I'll think about it before we end the show. But, like, those few names, I was like, damn, like, is that, like, official? And she said it was official, but I was like, I don't know. I feel like I would have heard about this if it was official, but okay. (laughs) I don't want to argue with her. Um, But nevertheless, (laughs) like, if – if that is indeed if there's if there's it's probably just a rumor, but if there's any hint of truth to that, like they're on to something with that, particularly with Chris Pratt as Hercules.
2: Yeah, I have absolutely no complaints. Um I don't recall. I'd have to watch Hercules again. I don't recall if he sung at all in the movie. I'm trying to remember. I
1: don't either. I don't. I don't either. think he it's did. Been a long
2: time. So you getting a Chris Pratt like is perfect, but I do think the love interest sung in the movie, and Anna Kendrick can sing. Um, So it makes sense. It's fine. To me, it's fine. I'm completely fine with that. Uh, I feel like all live adaptations of an animated movie should have someone from the original cast uh, come back. Um, And I'm glad that Danny DeVito is the one that they possibly could be um, deciding on from that original cast. Uh, it, It just breaks my heart that Gilbert Godfrey even though I think Alan uh, did an amazing job as as the um, the bird from Aladdin, uh, how do you not bring back Gilbert Godfrey? Like it's, it's just it's yeah. so simple. he Come was a back. great Iago. Yeah. he was Iago. There, thank you. Um, but yeah, like I said, Disney does do a lot of their their movies in Atlanta. So that's like if you lived in Tennessee, I would say I I, I don't know much I would trust that, but you living where they seem to film a lot of their movies, wouldn't be shocked if you know, word got out that like, oh filming could be starting soon. Here's some of the people they're looking at. Um right. I, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe close to Comic Con, uh San Diego Comic Con or maybe next few weeks we get some murmurs about it. Um and then yeah we broke the news here. So <laughs> I mean <laughs> we hey. always fall back on that. Um That's right. but yeah to me it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. All of that sounds believable. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I would say I was I was, leaning believing I was
2: like, it. I don't think I could have fan casted that any
1: better. <laughs> that was my now, point. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. That seems pretty perfect.
2: Yeah, like at least at least I'll say this: if it isn't um true, whoever gave them that information is one of the best fan casters. <laughs> so yeah, like, there you go. Either way, <laughs> either way, it's good. Um, but yeah, yeah for, for now, Nick, I will say it sounds extremely believable. Um, I'll just stick with that. Sure. Um, but yeah, all right. So the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, we had it as one of our topics a week or two ago, but we never talked about it. Um, and I think I kind of okay. just pish-poshed it. And it was one of the rumors coming out of the Batman was that we could be looking at having a Robin. Um, now, you could take this, However, you want you could take it as Dick Grayson could cameo, and the cameo could be him becoming Robin. Um, I, I do know someone was talking about Ben Barnes is is Nightwing. Um, all of this, all of this, I, I, I don't like. Um, the, the biggest thing I told Joel I would be okay with is if Robin was about fifteen, sixteen, and um, you know he kind of was stumbling uh, across. Robert Pattinson's Batman and he was impressed by him Um, I don't need Robin's origin again like I don't need Bruce at the the circus when it happened I don't need any of that I think Robin in a movie where you're telling me I'm getting almost close to 10 villains complicates things Um, but it can be done it can be done gracefully but I think the best way to do it is a cameo towards the end Um, sure I also did think the better way to go, even though I I would be totally against this because you're skipping too much, but if Jason was your first Robin, mainly because you have a scene during the movie to where this kid's trying to take the wheels off the Batmobile, and like Batman's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, what's your name? And he's like, it's Jason, Jason Todd. And then that's all you get, you know, uh, yeah. until further on. Like, that would be great. Um, But I wanted to ask you, Nick, one, do you want a Robin in this first Batman movie? And if you do, how would you like to see them go about introducing, again, whether it's Robin or just Dick Grayson?
1: Man, that's tough. Um, Because I would think with a younger Batman, you wouldn't necessarily want to have an already established Nightwing um, right. So you would probably want to do Dick Grayson, though I I would – honestly, I would kind of prefer what you're alluding to where we just – he meets Jason Todd, and kind of – you get like a cameo of, of – with the illusion that he's going to take Jason Todd under his wing, and that mm-hmm. would give you the confirmation that Dick Grayson is already like out there somewhere. Um, right. But – uh i i don't know with with a younger batman i don't know if that's it, it would be it would be trickier that way um but uh you know i agree with you in the sense of i don't i definitely don't need to see the whole circus thing like um i think you could almost have that happen within the timeline sort of simultaneously with while batman's out doing his thing um like it, it, and you know Essentially, you know, Dick Grayson um ends up being like brought up in the end and, and we, we could get just some exposition um as far as um his situation um for you know the three people out there who don't know Dick Grayson's background situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want a Robin, put it that way. I would not want um I definitely wouldn't want like Batman and Robin trying to team up to solve this mystery. Um, I think with this kind of this many characters and everything you're, you're trying to pull off. um, I think it makes more sense for this to be a Batman solo movie. Um, And, you know, like that's just, that that would be the better way to like kick things off. And if you want to have some kind of allusion to Robin or, or a cameo, like you said, to set, set up Robin, whether it be Dick or Jason or whatever, um, that would be totally fine with me. Um, and that could be incorporated over the course of the next couple films. Um, and you could kind of really take your time with it. Because even in Batman Forever, it was like totally rushed, like how you know he ends up staying at Wayne Manor, and then he discovers that he's Batman, and then all of a sudden he's got a suit, and then he's fighting alongside Batman, like, so rushed. Um. So – but, like, if you tease it at the end, you could almost use, like, the whole second movie to set up him putting the dots together and then have him become Robin in the third movie. Like, um, that would make way more sense to me um, than having – um like, an existing Robin already. I would be – I'd be a little worried about that if that's the direction they go. Um, but, I, you know, like we've said throughout the show, I won't judge it um, just based off the ideal of it, um, you know, until we uh, actually see how it how it works, whether it be a trailer or whether it be um, the actual movie. Um, but it wouldn't be the direction that I would go um, to kick things off.
2: Would you feel uh... – as if it was cheap if the way they introduced Grayson was that um Batman facing one of these villains. One of the casualties happened to be his parents. Um rather than it being in that circus accident. Would you would you feel as though that was cheap if they went that route?
1: Depends on how they do it. Um I, I feel like it, it it would have to be done extraordinarily well for it to feel genuine and to make sense.
2: I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I will say the only reason a Robin because again, they're they're aiming for Pattinson's Batman to be around late twenties, very early thirties. So if you lean right. heavily towards the earlier thirties, I don't know if you've seen the Umbrella Academy, but um I think the kid's name is Aiden or, or something like that. The the kid that mm-hmm. was in, in that show. Um, a lot of people were saying he'd be a great uh, Dick Grayson, and I'm like, no, he'd be a great Damian Wayne, but not a good Dick mm. Grayson. Um, he screamed Damian Wayne, but the one uh, thing I don't want you to do is give me Damian Wayne when you're just now introducing Batman to me. So you're telling me you just yeah, no, introduced Batman, getting and now you way
1: ahead of yourself there, right? Yeah, right, right. No, that's but no, 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 bueno there.
2: I will say the only thing about a Robin that I would want to be in this Batman's universe relatively early is that I do want to see death and a family play out. I do. I, I really do. I don't think they will. I don't think it's something they would ever touch in uh, the movie universe, even though Zach seemingly was going to do it. Um, I just want to see death in a family. It's such a great story. Um, it but is. it's very unlikely that a studio would sign off on that. So that'd be the only. No. Yeah, and I don't know that.
1: I don't know that Zach was gonna do it. I mean, Zach just kind of alluded to it. <laughs> like,
2: I um, think I think the Batman solo um, that Ben had in mind. I think it was gonna be something that was because um, technically, be Death in the prequel. Family had already happened. It had already happened, right? Because that's when 5B, Joker yeah. and Harley yeah. the the tagline was killed Robin. So th- it had already yeah. happened, but seeing it play out in the sense of Jason coming back is what I think they were eventually going to work into Ben's trilogy. Um, yeah. But us seeing Joker kill that kid is something I don't think a studio would ever sign off on. And I don't need to see it, um, but a Red Hood is something I think is vital to at some point in the Batman mythos, from the live-action standpoint, they should, you know, tap into. It's, it's someone that yeah. has become beloved, but wasn't when he was first introduced in the comics. But now... People desperately want a Jason Todd movie. And I think now's the right. time. Yeah, and I think it, that's
1: kind of the other thing about this whole um, Ben um, Pattinson taking over for Ben thing, and I think that's one of the big reasons why we – both you and me always kind of wanted to keep the – whoever they picked to keep – kind of keep the same age range, um, which is why I think we both love John Ham so much, was because mm-hmm. – I think we were always excited about having an older Batman, so you didn't have to explore all the things that you would have to explore with a younger Batman, because we just saw it. I mean, we literally just saw it um, with uh, with um, the Dark Knight trilogy. I mean, even though it's vastly different, it was cool to get an older Batman. Um, Now, I, I wish, I wish, you know, hindsight being what it is, I wish we had just gotten like, you know a Batman movie that came out before BVS that kind of led into it. And you could have done uh, a death in the family um, and then had, and then had those two connect um, and then go from there Um, and, and, you know, just make a better version of BVS. Um, But, you know, it's going to be tough because I don't think you can skip too many steps when you have a younger Batman. Um, Though, You know, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out.
2: I will say this, though, Nick. I will be heavily disappointed um, if we enter another regime of Batman that's only focused on Batman. Um, Like At some point, someone should be brave enough to correctly do a Robin. Um, And to me, for the longest, I thought Carrie Kelly would have been the way the studio would have wanted to go um but Dick Grayson Jason Todd mm. never Damian Wayne first um even um what's his name uh Red Robin Tim, Tim Drake that Joel Yeah. so desperately that will never happen um yeah, I want there to Joel. be yeah it's never going to happen um it's the, it's the easiest one to skip <laughs> It is it is he's the most forgettable like it, it's it, like you're yeah. thinking of Robin. like we live in a world where someone would say Carrie Kelly almost almost before they would say Tim Drake because he's so forgettable. That's
1: Carrie Kelly's from The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, I, 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 I would, I would put her higher on my list of Robins than Tim Drake, honestly.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Tim Drake, but you're like the Donatello of of the group. You just happen to not be the coolest <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but no, yeah. I, I think we deserve a Robin. We we definitely deserve a Robin. Um, and, and at this point, to me, I don't need him to be super young, just because Pattinson is is relatively young himself. Um, you could have a 15, 16 year old Robin, and I think it'd make the the most sense to have him around that age. Um, I, I don't need him super young. I don't need him in tight. Like I I don't I don't need any of that. But I, we do deserve a Robin, and I think a lot of directors yes. have shied away from it. I don't count the forever and the, the uh, whatever that that sh- uh, string of Batman movies were with um, Chris O'Donnell. I don't Chris count O'Donnell, that mainly because yeah. it was like he came into the scene as Nightwing. Like, it, like he was a grown man, like a grown yeah. man in every aspect. He was like 30. Yeah. So it's like this isn't Robin. Like <laughs> what yeah. am I looking at right now? I'm looking at Nightwing. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we deserve, it, and I think it's time for someone to be brave enough to do it. And I'm shocked that the studio hasn't found it a, a necessity. Um, but here's to hoping Matt Reeves gives us Robin. I mean, it's time. Uh, but is there anything else you wanted to, to talk about, Nick, before we wrap it up?
1: No, I'm, I'm good. Just uh, be sure to tune in to Full Court Press this Tuesday, breaking down the uh, uh, NBA Finals results, what this means going forward take a look at the upcoming draft. And then, of course, the draft is Thursday, man. So we're going to have a lot to discuss in this upcoming week.
2: A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to discuss. And I'm sure a lot of you heard the, um, the good news. We are now on Spotify. But if you guys don't have Spotify or iTunes or the podcast app or Stitcher, Go to RedCircle.com, type in Geek Vibes Nation. Our page will come up, and uh, there's a link that uh, says shows. You click on it. It'll show you all the different apps we are on, Um, hoping you would have one of them. Or just go to BlogTalkRadio.com, type in Geek Vibes Nation, listen to it that way. That seems to be the easiest one, I I guess. Um, But regardless, there's no excuse for saying, I didn't know how to catch you guys in the podcast we seem to be everywhere. Um, so check that out and also check out some of our newer articles up on gvnation.com. And I think that's it. I think um, uh, that's it for us. We will be back next week, same time, same place. Kanan will be on next week's episode. Um, if everything falls in line the way I'm hoping it does,
1: we'll be on the Valiant next week's Return episode. of Kanan.
2: Yes, the Valiant Return. So, Fingers crossed for that one. But, Nick, it was a pleasure. Thank you. And we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace.